Hello, everybody. Here I'm there to talk about Anchor. It's one of the best podcast uh, platforms that you can you can uh, go on. You can put all your podcasts on Apple, Google, any place. Any place to put up your podcast, you could all do it in one place. Anchor has all the tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the phone or computer. And you can distribute any of your, your podcasts on any platform like Apple, Spotify, Anchor, you know, Anchor, Stitcher, iHeart, everything. It's everything you need you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. And let me tell you, I have had great experience with Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. That is Anchor FM to get started today. Welcome to the and Joe Show. I'm Joe. I'm Cindy. No one cares because guess what, Cindy? Why can't you get over the fact everyone cares, Joe? I have finally had people who back me up on the whole Alabama should go train. And he took one of our graphics. And I was pleasantly surprised to see Tiger's talk on Mr. Jules Amaya's page, on his page, and him ranting and raving about the Tigers, and Al Avila, and what I've been saying for the past couple months. And you have been. And you started the movement. That's the thing. Is it the movement to fire Al Avila started right here on Between the Whistles Detroit, the Cindy and Joe show. It was Joe Chap's brainchild. Actually, other people had the idea. You, Joe, had the guts to put it out there. And I, I applaud dro- you for it. I drove it. it home because guess what? We are going to make Detroit baseball. Great again. And that is exactly what Joel Zamaya said today. Because it was really cool. Zoom Zoom was on there that he follows our show, mm-hmm. follows the mm-hmm. podcast. I got to tell, awesome. tell you, though, what he said about about this being an embarrassment for the uh, iconic old English D yeah. is a total truth. Absolutely. And, like, we've been talking before how, like, it's just not acceptable for you to be this bad. And it's not acceptable for this to be the product on the field after five years of rebuilding. And it's not acceptable to see the, the, the offense that we have on the field because literally the offense on the field has been the worst in May. They've been the worst team in May. But this all centers around what Alvila has done collectively around his whole time here in Detroit. What he's done or or hasn't done for no, that matter. Let me get in let me get into this. You tell me, you tell me, and we were talking about Joel Zamaya. So in 2015, that was Avila's first year. These are the people he signed. Okay. Yeah. Justin Upton. Okay. Michael Vilas. Mark Lowe. Mark Pelfrey. Jordan Zimmerman and Gerald Saltoglamachia. Who are those people? I know one of those people. <laughs> one, of, one of those people actually turned out to be actually pretty good. No, it's just nothing. 2016, his only free agent signing was his son. Oh, isn't that interesting? And they talk about corruption and politics. Yeah, well, you, be, Holy be, cow. 2017, Mike Fires, which that was actually pretty good. Right. Leonis Martin, which is pretty good. And Nico Goodrum, that was pretty good. Scratch that. Good, good year. 2018, he comes, he doubles down. He goes Jordan Harrison, Gordon Beckham, who Gordon Beckham sucked as a White Sox, Jordy Mercer, Tyson Ross, and Matt Moore. All really god awful. 
the end of 2019, he goes Cameron Maven, re-signs Jordy Mercer, Hector Santiago, Ivan Nova, who is garbage, Alex Wilson, Jonathan Scope, who is on the team right now, CJ Cron, Austin Romine, and that was in 2019. Then 2020, Tehran, Mazzara, Nunez, those guys never even touched the roster. Jonathan Scope was his re-sign. Wilson Ramos, who he cut within a month of the season. Derek Holland, Robbie Grossman, Jose Urena. And then all of his signings this year you get. But it's just this is what it's been. He's signed a bunch of collection of nobody. But it, it, go, it goes past it goes past it, that. So I posted a tweet yesterday, and people actually started like, you know, yeah. they started following it. They kind of like were like, okay, this is, this is kind of embarrassing. So let me tell you this. This is a okay. This is a veal. Now, what would you say is the biggest thing about being a general manager? Drafting. Yeah, knowing who to, who to draft and knowing who to sign in free agency. So, if I told you that the Tigers have two of the top one hundred players, you would say that's pretty good, right? Okay, no, that's not great. No. no, I wouldn't say that's great because the Dodgers, who are contenders, have six. The Yankees have four. The Blue Jays have three. The Red Sox have four. The Cardinals have four. The Phillies have three. The Mets have three. The Padres have four. Those are all contenders. But if you want to feel even worse about yourself, because, you know, that's how it is around here. (laughs) Baltimore has five. Cleveland has four. Pittsburgh has six. Marlins have four. And you have two. And the guy you draft, you you pass on to – Draft Jackson Job, a high school pitcher. That is you. You remember how pissed I was last? Oh, yeah, you remember. You remember what I had to I was, say about I was that? Pretty about we that. were both pretty pissed about we that. We both were. We both so recognized the, that was a mistake. The, the guy that they passed over, Marcelo Mayer, tenth best prospect in baseball right now for the Red Sox. Yeah, they're gonna take a pass on him. <laughs> we don't want him. I have, we're gonna go with we, this young arm, we, this we, young kid. We talked about. We have talked about on the Rebels side. We have talked about. If you have a good GM, they will make the right picks. They will find players. They will build a system up. You look at Cross Street and Stevie Y, and you see that he has some prospects, some intriguing prospects that weren't first-round picks that he just said, you know what, hell with it. I'm going to take a chance on this guy. And he's, if he pans out, he pans out. If he doesn't, he doesn't. I'm going to – it's a 50-50 bet, right? But he's hit more in three years. Than Alvila has. Well, here's the thing too. How do you gauge the performance of a good GM? I would think that my understanding is that if your GM hits 30% of his mark in terms of exceptional players, drafting quality players, 30%, then you can say he's doing well. I think you're selling a little bit short. I think it's got to be 40%. It doesn't matter. My point is this. I guess and it depends on sport, but the point is this: what's Alavila? What's Alavila's rate? Just of the people that you read off, there's what two, two yep. out of out of what twenty? Yep. Ten percent, ten percent. That's failing miserably in his performance as a GM. If you had a guy who came in who you signed to a thirty million dollar contract and he's batting one eighty five for the for three years, would you consider that a success? It's a failure. It's an absolute and utter failure. So why aren't we holding Alavila to the same standards that we hold other GMs? No, we ran Kenny Holland out of town, and he won championships. 
We ran Joe Dumars out of town. He won a championship. We ran those guys out of town, and they won championships. Now, El Vila has not won nothing. And we haven't ran this guy out of town because I don't know why. But you, you know what? It goes to what Joel Zemaya said. The truth will set you free. The truth yes. will set you free. Because, see, the problem in Detroit is the media has been fluffing for the Tigers forever. Now, if you go to the Bailey Sports Network, I mean, I, whoopsie, I mean uh, the North <laughs> Korean News Network, they will tell you that everything is great with the Tigers, everything is wonderful, which you kind of expect. But you know what? When Kenny, uh, when uh, when Mick, Mickey Redmond and Ken Daniels are on the call for the Detroit Ravens, they will be brutally honest with, with the, the roster, the decisions. The, they're, they're brutally honest. I respect it. With the Tigers broadcast, it's basically the North Korean news network where nothing can be said bad because this might be a bad thing. But Joel Zamaya hit on it. And I'm glad Joel Zamaya posted our blue graphic that we posted because it was yeah. it was a good graphic. But this go this calls in the white. And then if people are gonna get pissed at him, especially in this organization, it just shows that this organization has no effing clue. Because, like Steve Eisman told, said to the morning show on 971, and I think a couple weeks ago, that when you have a passionate fan base and you have a fan base that cares, they should be upset. Now, if you if you watch, if you listen to Toronto radio, they are pissed about the Maple Leafs. And Honest, I'll tell you, understandably so. If you call into a Boston radio station, they are pissed about the Bruins. They are pissed about the Red Sox, and they're, <laughs> and they're they're still they might be can, pissed about the Celtics. Can you imagine? what the fans are saying in Colorado today after the abs imploded when they could have eliminated the competition yesterday, moved on to the next round of the Stanley cup playoffs. I mean, they blew it big time. Of course that fan base is going to react to that. What's interesting about our fan base, especially, you know, you get into certain demographics of that fan base, man, they're just going to stick by Alabama no matter what. And they're giving Zoom Zoom a little bit of I'll hate. Tell, I'll tell you what. They're giving them some hate Detroit, on there. Did you see the, some of those comments? Yeah. And I didn't think that was fair. Detroit fans, well, there's a certain portion of them, and I know because you know I, I do a Detroit. I have my Detroit Lions news page, so I've seen it a lot. They will shill for their team, and they don't think anything is wrong. Like when I said Bob Quinn was a bum and Matt Patricia was a boob. I know you laugh about that. <laughs> I do because the imagery. It's like the Be- vision. Because, you just can't get it out of your that's head. Exactly. And just I, a big boob and a poncho. And I, I, <laughs> That's just funny. And I told these guys, I told these people, I was a year ahead of the schedule. I said, this, these guys suck. They, they're not, they're not going to do anything. They're, 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 they haven't shown anything. I don't want them here. Get rid of them all you can. Because if you keep them around, they will kill everything in their sight. And what they do, they often killed everything in their sight. Mm-hmm. L.B. should not have another chance to draft. He should not have another chance to trade players because he's got off with it. And for as much as people ragged on Kenny Holland, they ragged on Kenny Holland. They 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 they, they hated him. They said he was the worst ever, which the Ravens fan base is passionate. But so is the Tigers fan fan base. And the fact that Kenny Holland won championships and then leaving out the door, he left draft picks that he traded Thomas Tatar. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, Kenny Holland wasn't a bad job manager. He 
ended bad, but he had great times. So did Joe Dumars. Joe Dumars built the goal in the word Pistons, and they really fell off at that later portion of the years. But they should both should be commended. The guy in question, El Avila, has done absolutely nothing. Well, and I think you can even argue that the Tigers have digressed. And I will. I, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. And I know it's going to be a little bit. I know it's going to be a little bit. Uh, it's going to be a little bit profound, but uh, El Avila might be the worst general manager in this city's history. And that I'll, is that is quite and, and quite I, a lot. I will put him up with there with Matt Millen and Bob Quinn. I was about to say you're going to put him up against the former general managers of the Lions because that's that's where all the bad general managers go. <laughs> <laughs> That's where general managers go to die. They go over the all like, the dumbasses we somehow get. I don't. I don't understand. <laughs> the Lions get, but they have changed it. Brett Holmes is is pretty good, but like I, I just don't understand. You kick Kenny Holland all the time. You kick Joe Dumars all this time, and you're gonna give this guy a pass. Yeah, a pass. This guy was a part of the same organization that never got to the mount top. They never won the World Series because of. Uh, prospect development, and guess who is in charge of prospect development? El Vila. Yeah. So I, I, I it's, it's what Joel Meyer says what he said yesterday, and you're gonna go into detail of what he said. Mm-hmm. What he said was total truth, because if you're asking me, there's nothing wrong with what he said. Absolutely nothing wrong. Oh, I don't think there's anything wrong with what he said either. I say how you know basically that he was very disappointed, as as disappointed as he could be. That it was a disgrace to the to the old English D. The fact that the performance has been as bad as it has been. Uh, he's just stating the fact. I mean, mm-hmm. there's nothing that's non-negotiable. Okay, the stats bear that out. Everything that he mm-hmm. said, and he also said that he should be able to say whatever he wants to say, whether people like it or not. Uh, and I agree with him there too. I think this this notion that and, and it's. In some cases, admirable. You know, I have friends who are former athletes on a couple of our sports teams, and they are very careful and cautious not to say anything negative, even when they know it's a train wreck. Um, And and that's their personal choice, and I find that to be honorable. But I don't find anything wrong with Joel Zamaya speaking his mind, because you can tell it's coming from the right place. He's absolutely – he's not doing it to destroy the Tigers organization. He's doing it because he cares about this organization. It's like he said, once a Tiger, always a Tiger. And he feels he takes this very personally, and I get that. I don't think he should be getting vilified for that, as we've seen in some of the social media posts. Immediately, the response to some, to his post from some of the folks on there is something about what he chose to do when he was here, and it immediately got negative on, on Joel Zamaya's choices and you know playing video games and all that Listen, kind of stuff. I, 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 don't, I don't care about those people because those people are the ultimate dumbasses. They they right. they don't understand anything about baseball. They don't understand anything about sports. They they don't understand life. They're just dumbasses, and they don't even know what they're uh-huh. talking about. The reality of the situation is, and this is something you hit on about Joe Zmaia saying something about he might, he might ruffle some feathers. And these organizations, I don't know what it is about them, especially like like when Magic Johnson spoke out about the Lakers. The Lakers were like, "Oh no, we can't have Magic Johnson." Around. You mean you can't you can't have Magic Johnson around? Are you nuts? Right. Are you nuts? Like if the, if you mean how many there. notable Tigers have we had even around since Joe Zamaya was on the team? Miguel Cabrera, he's a notable guy. He's not gonna say nothing. Of course not. Well, you, the point is, 
there's not that many notable Tigers to talk about. You know, you got Verlander and some of the other ones that were traded off that, that did well. They're not going to say anything, and you know that's what, okay. You know, what the, you know what the problem is? But it's not like we've got all these notable the, Tigers the, to choose no, from no, either. No, the problem is it, what he said about uh, he might ruffle some feathers and, and people might not like it uh, in the organization. They shouldn't like it. You know, I, I, I go back to this quote from the Hall of Fame – Hall of Fame guy, coach, and Greg Popovich, mm-hmm. who said, if people don't like what I'm doing, they have every right to say it because I absolutely suck. And they these people need to look in themselves in the mirror. Greg Popovich won championships too. I, suddenly, you know, all these coaches that win championships, they have the they know what the, the business is. They know what the business is. Scotty Bowman knew what the business was. Ken Holland, for all, everyone that said he said something about him. He knew what the business was. He, he Now he's in a market that's even 10 times harder than Detroit because you know what the sad part about it is? Detroit media, the old age media, because mm-hmm. we are the new age media. We are the new age media. The old age media, they're, they they stick up for this team for, for no apparent reason. Well, I would say there is absolutely a reason, and it's probably got lots of zeros behind it. But that's beside the point. There's always a game inside the game, right? We talk about that. You know what I think would be an interesting speculation here? One of the people that's been very quiet, and I would expect him to be, but he's probably just been suffering in silence, and that is A.J. Hinch. Um, Obviously can't say anything. I'd love to know what his thoughts are about the direction of this team and what he's been dealing with because he's got it on both sides of of the equation here. But wouldn't it be interesting? Let's take one of the most colorful people in the history of baseball wouldn't we love to know what the late billy martin would say and do in this situation i, mean, I would just love to have had I, billy I, martin as, as I, working with el avila as the I general just, manager i would just love to have a person that like could actually say something you know well and, and martin certainly would have well, he and, didn't Joel, hold his tongue. Joel said what he said and i don't i don't understand i don't understand the i don't understand the people ruffling the feathers and and, and pissing people off I mean, if that pisses you off, the, the truth of the matter is your organization is soft. Well, I think he actually said it as nicely as Because I, I go back to this, okay? Mike Valenia, 97-1, he pissed off the Lions in some way. That's why they took the games off 97-1. If you, as an organization, and this was told to me by someone who is a guy and is, is, is an executive of, of a sports team. He told me, if you get offended over what other people say to the point where you actually take business measures against it, you're not you're not you're in the wrong business. Because this game is all it's, sports is a is a is a always in motion kind of thing. Right. So you're not you're never gonna if you lose a trade, it's gonna be talked about. You win a trade, it's gonna be talked about. You make a bad signing, you sign. Let's say you're Ken Holland, you signed, you signed Stephen Weiss to a four-year deal. doesn't work out. It's going to be talked about. It's, it's the same thing. It's, it's, it, you're going to, it's going to be talked about. And especially when you live, when you work for an organization like the Tigers with the iconic original Old English D that has been around for decades, this fan base cares. They do. So to, to get mad about what – and to all these dullards – who talk about like they're trying to smooch over what's wrong with the Tigers and say, "Oh, we're injured." Um, 
There was one positional player injured. Two, actually. Austin Meadows is vertical. But your pitching staff is injured, and they're still maintaining balance. But the problem is your offense. Your offense can score in a whorehouse. Right. That's a fact. That's a fact. And you had the lowest output of runs per game in May in baseball. So don't don't come at me and say that the offense is hampered by injuries because Baez sucks. Haas sucks. The dude got sent down because he sucks. Everyone on this team needs to look, take a look at, at themselves in the mirror and go, what the hell are we doing wrong? When Miggy is the one that's pulling the weight and Spencer Torkelson still leads the team in home runs, and yesterday was Harold Castro pinned two home runs, that's why you won. Right. I mean, if you, you're, you're depending on Harold Castro, you, you're screwed off the bat. You know, here's the other thing, too, is that I think they're relying too much on these guys just to hit it into the seats, and they're not focusing enough on the basics of just getting on base. This is unacceptable from a year five rebuild. And I, yeah. I take this I take this into account with baseball and hockey have kind of have similar ways that they these players progress through the system. They get to the they get to the triple A level, which would be the AHL level in hockey. They they get they make they take their steps up, right? I can confidently say three years in of Eisman's rebuild, he's head and heels away from LB in year five. Oh, absolutely. And because I, think... I can see I can see the players coming down the pike. I can see the Albert Johansson. I can see the Elmer Soderblom. I can see the cross hands. I can see the Simon Edmondson. I can see the uh, Sebastian Costa. And they're all in different positions. The Tigers, pitcher and outfielder, are your two top 100 pit players. And the Dodgers got six, and they've been, they've been trading away a bunch of prospects to – Stay competing for a World Series. That's a joke. It's a total joke. And if if Joel Zamaya ruffled feathers, he should because he this, that's not that's not acceptable. He probably did the Tigers a favor, right? By putting that out there and by getting people engaged and making people recognize the fact that a former player is so upset about the current state of his of his team. That he had to speak out about it. It's, and he had to get on the same movement, Joe, that you've been on. And that is the fire Alavila. He couldn't believe he got offered an undisclosed extension. And I find that curious, too. There's got to be more to this than meets the eye. But the bottom line is what it's turning out is it's turning out an absolute disaster of a product on the field. It's wrecking the opportunity for some of these guys to develop in advance. And I have to believe that when you see it's not one guy doing badly, it's all these guys doing badly at the plate. You've got a systemic problem. You've got a development problem. You got a training problem. You got a morale problem. And God only knows any other problems you got. But the point is that those problems are not unique to that particular player. It's not like this guy is having a slump or that guy's in a slump. You can't have the majority of your lineup in a slump. It doesn't happen that way. There has got to be something it, it, systemically it, it, wrong in that organization. It doesn't go two months in. No. No. It they're doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. They call that insanity. So we are in a state of insanity at the Detroit Tigers, and Chris Illich had better open up his eyes, wake up, and realize that he is going to have to take a leadership role or somebody is going to have to take a leadership role and do things that might be unpopular inside the organization, but they're going to have to be done in order to move forward. It's time for Chris Illich to step up. 
because because it's been way too long. Like I, I, I he owns two teams. One team is progressing through the rebuild in year three, and one is regressing through the rebuild rebuild in year five. Take the a, tale of two teams. Take a look. That's exactly take, what take, you got. Take a look at the two teams. Right. And look at what this guy is doing and what this guy is doing, and then tell me what you should what you what what you should do. You should can his ass. Well, he yeah. hasn't been good. You know, if Chris Illich really wants to maintain that he cares about this ball club, because the sediment around town is he doesn't care. Sediment around town is he wants to be cheap. I don't believe it, but you can't get it's, – it's like the Fords. Like the Fords will not – the Fords haven't been a bad ownership group. They've hired bad people. But it's made them look like a bad ownership group because they haven't won. Yeah. I mean, Mike Gillich, he won. That's why people liked him in this town. Uh, you know, when Al Davidson, Bill, you know, Davidson, when he was on the Pistons, they won. They liked him. You win, you get liked by winning. That's what you get liked by. And that's yeah. the only that's the only thing they care about, only thing fans care about. And this town has been devoid of winning lately. That's, that's an understatement of the year. Right. Um, but – if you look at the Red Wings, you look at the Lions, you look at the Pistons, they have uh, they, their tra- their trajectory is going up, 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 while the Tigers are going down, 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 down. And they've been in this this mode of business of rebuilding for five years. At some point, you have to say, when does the rebuild end? It, it, it needs to end right now. This rebuild needs to end, and if they have to tear it down again and rebuild it under someone who has more ability – to show uh, uh, some sort of an awareness of what needs to be done to change this organization's trajectory, then that's what they have to they do. Have, they should go out and do what they what Chris Illich did with 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 the Red Wings. Go get you a, a, a elite general manager. Go get Theo Epstein. Yeah. Go get Theo Epstein because he said he would become a he wanted he would like to become a Tigers general manager. Of course he would. Who wouldn't? If you're if you're no if, kidding, because you got nowhere to go but up. You no, can't screw this up any more than it got, has you got, been. You gotta think about it. Right. There is no this is not like this is not an attractive job. Okay. It's one of the best sports towns in America. It's one of the most iconic logos of sports. The old English D is everywhere because it's it's old it's a it's an old logo that has a lot of meaning and well, that's of, it, it's meaningful, right? Yeah. And that's a tiger's organization that has a lot of respect. The Tigers are a respected organization. Now, through my years of living, you know, 1994, all that, uh, since 2000, they've, they have, like, the fourth worst record. And that's with good years in there. So something has got to change because, listen, the years of going to the ballpark and, you know, enjoying the day because you're watching. I don't want to watch a garbage team. You know, it's bad enough I have to go to this. this uh, my dad, and they're fleecing you for it on top of it all. It's bad enough I have to go to this. Uh, my dad's work is having a thing at the Comeric Park. The Tigers are playing, I think, the Rangers or whatever. It's bad enough I got to go to that game. <laughs> um, you know, but that's the only game I'm going to be going to because, listen, I, I don't believe in spending my money, and especially with the way things are. I'm not spending my money on that garbage. It hasn't been good. It hasn't been good at all. Like you're not. I don't want to spend. I don't want to spend a hundred dollars to go watch a piss poor product. If I wanted to do that, I could just. I could just go watch it. Go watch it. You know, some minor league around this this podunk town. Right. 
Detroit fans deserve better. And Chris Illich owes it to the fans in Detroit to give them a baseball team that they, they can respect and that they can appreciate and that they can love again. And it starts with re- getting rid of the general manager who has been your problem for the last five years. If Joel Zemeyer's saying, saying this, I bet you there's a lot of former Tigers who feel the same exact way. Oh, I'm because, certain because, of it. Because there's always this – there's always this one guy that will speak out that speaks on behalf of the rest of the former players. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. Right. You know, Magic Johnson spoke out on behalf of all the Lakers because Magic Johnson can speak out for all the Hey, we were accused of being the mouthpiece for Red Wings alumni back with, you know, what, last season on the show. Well, listen, I, I can't. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> These people are just... We just we we keep it real, okay? That's we, right. We keep it real, and like that's the reality. Like these people, there's always I, I know this for sure. I know this for a fact. There's always one person that is the leader of the alumni. You know, like Bill Russell for the the Celtics, uh, Derek Jeter for the Yankees, Matt Johnson for the Lakers. I'm pretty sure the Red Wings is Stevie Y, but he can't speak out because he's a general manager. But I'm pretty sure there would be a Red Wing that you know could speak out. Like a Darren McCarty or something, yeah. because there's always a guy that's going to speak out because they care about that organization they played in, and if Joel Zemeyer showed that he cared, and Tiger fans need to take notice because if he's saying this, there's a lot of people that said. And what did I say before, Cindy? Get the nerds out of the office that's and right. let baseball people in there. I'm telling you right now, Joel Zemeyer agreed with you. The ner- so get the, the nerds ner- out of the take, office. Take the nerds out of the office. They don't win anything. If you want if you want a, a dose of reality, look at the Toronto Maple Leafs and that nerd and John Manager. That team doesn't win. That's another guy that should be but that's beside the point. But that's how it is. That's right. Get the base. Get the baseball people back to doing the business of baseball. You can look at all the numbers. Get the pride back, right? See, yeah. Let's let's get some real people in there. Like, yep. That, that know what they're talking about. And know what they're looking for. You know, you gotta get the, you gotta get the right minds in there. Like, you know, Stevie Y getting Nick Lichstrom in, in the in the in the fold. He didn't hire no nerd. He hired Nick Lichstrom. Nick Lichstrom was no nerd. Hire back some of the heroes, and you'll get back some of the pride. And join the movement on Between the Whistles, Detroit, with Cindy El and Vila Joe. Must go. Alavila must go. <laughs> we'll see you in the next segment as we talk about the NIL, which Cindy disagrees with me about. But, you know, she's a typical politician. So we will, we will see you in the next segment. Welcome to Cindy and Joe Show. I'm Joe. I'm Cindy. Now, why are we playing this song? Because it's an awesome song. We all need money. Especially with this economy. We need some money. But, Show me the money. But, you know, uh, we were talking pre-show and we had a disagreement about the NIL. And you are in favor of it. And I'm, I'm kind of in favor, but I have a little bit of a deflection. Yeah. So you tell me why you're in favor of it. And I will go off that. So this whole conversation, got to give folks a little bit of context here. This whole conversation came about due to an incredibly popular post that was put on Between the Whistles Detroit that has reached darn near 100,000 people now in the last two days. 
And it was all about um, a player that was transferring from Pitt over to USC um, and was going to see a package for his NIL name likeness or image and likeness of about three and a half million dollars. And um, there's a lot of reaction on that. A lot of people thought that that was bad. Uh, and I said, hey, look, I don't have a problem with this because I'll tell you why. These colleges and universities have been making millions off of these athletes for years with no compensation to these guys. You know, these athletes put their potential, you know, their future earning potential on the line, risking injury. Um, and quite frankly, even at three and a half million, that would be a fraction of what potentially this athlete could earn uh, in a full career. And he's risking that to play for this school and so that they can capitalize on it by bringing in additional recruits, by selling merchandise, by, you know, all the other ways that they bring in money. And the fact of the matter is, is that if you look at the top 10 2021 NFL teams, their uh, operating revenue, in other words, their profit is about half a billion dollars. Okay. It's about 600 million. If you look at the top 10 college football programs, we're talking about football now, top 10 college football programs, their operating revenue, their profit is about 520 million. So it's not that much different than the, than the NFL. So you're talking about a huge business here and they've basically been getting the product for free with these athletes. I mean, yeah, they give them scholarships and they give them stipends and all that kind of stuff, but large part, they've been getting the product for free and selling it. So of course, you know, there's all of this concern about it. Um, but I don't see any reason why these athletes should not be getting market value, whatever that is, for their name, image, and likeness instead of someone else capitalizing on that, some other of uh, so the business owner, the colleges uh, capitalizing on it. And they still are. Let's face it. If these athletes, and this is true in professional sports as well as college, right? If the compensation that they are going to give these athletes seems huge to you, think about the many, many, many times of that, that these teams, these franchises, and these colleges and universities are going to be making off of that. That's why they give them the money they do, because they're making 10 times that off of them. So to put this on the athlete and say, you've got to take the all the risk and realize zero reward, except for you're going to get the same damn piece of paper that the other kid down the hall gets, who's not an athlete, who's not risking his future earning potential. You're going to get the same thing. And by the way, we want you to just be good with that. I think those days are over. I see absolutely nothing wrong with these athletes being compensated fairly and whatever they determine that is um, for their name, image, and likeness because it's being marketed to bring more money into these institutions. They're realizing considerable amount of income from that. These athletes should be uh, compensated accordingly. Well, I agree with you. But I don't. I know you don't. That's what's going to make this so much fun, Joe. Go ahead. Let me have because it. Because here's, here's what I do agree with NIL, but I believe they should be regulated. Because if you don't regulate it, you end up with all hell breaking loose. And before you know it, you can't put water on the fire because it's it's out of control. Out of control. So it, when you look at this this sport, college football, and that's the major one, right? 
you got to look at, there's a lot of programs that don't make money on football because they're not, you know, they don't get the attendance and all that stuff. I mean, if you take the top 10 people out of there, like the Michigans, the Florida States, the Floridas, Alabama, Alabama's, the USC's, Oklahoma, the Texas, take all that away, right? If you take away, if you take away those, those, those football programs, you run into football programs that are just operating in the green, just operating. So, but you're talking about alumni bases, but here's the problem. A school like Stanford, right? They don't just admit anyone, right? If they wanted to take that over NIL, they could because they have a lot of smart people there, a lot of money in the alumni group, but they don't take dumbasses. A lot of these football players that are really, really good probably couldn't get into the school that they get into. Just mm-hmm. the reality. Like Florida, we talked about this last year. Florida has a 4.2 grade point average. Pretty freaking sure that none of the football players have a 4.2 because that's a, that's a very, very elite status to be at. I'm pretty sure you didn't have a 4.2, and I'm, I'm pretty close at a 3.8. You're but- correct. I, I did not. I had a 3.87, but that's okay. Go ahead. Um, we're, we're, just, we're, <laughs> we're just about in the area, but we still don't make it to a 4.2. Right. So, but th- that's what I'm saying. And th- there's, there's problems that are, that people gloss over. Like USC spending money. Well, of course, USC has tons of money. They have a big alumni base that features uh, actors and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. What you will end up having is you'll be, you'll have, um, the Yankees, the Dodgers, uh, you know, uh, college, uh, college sports. And what that will do is that will totally unearth this whole college football. Now, the reason college football is fun, the reason people watch college football is because any week you don't know what player could come out of the woodwork, right? Like a guy like, a guy like uh, Kenneth Walker coming in, in the first week of the season and having the game of his life and then him progressing through the season. Or you have a guy like uh, the, the quarterback that played at Indiana, I forget his name, he, he transferred to Washington, but he was electric. He made plays, he won games. He probably wouldn't be at Indiana if NIL was around. You know, th- th- this, there's a problem with this because if, you, if you're allowing players to – to seek NIL options through the portal, and then they're not even in the portal, that opens up an issue. You have you you're openly negotiating with a player who is with said school. So let's say you know you're a Michigan State fan, right? Let's say midway through the year, Kenneth Walker gets an offer from USC. Oh, break my heart! You're gonna you're gonna have me lose my Kenneth Walker for four point five million dollars. Oh. And you lose him midway through a season because there's money involved. See, this is where it gets it, it, it turns into a little bit of a charade. Now, I know what's gonna come down the pipe because I've already heard this in the comments, and it's just let's just the whole race factor of you don't want a black, a black player getting the uh, the chance to, to give himself uh, financial freedom and all that stuff while the coaches can change jobs or whatever. I don't think the coaches should be able to change jobs either. If you're being honest, like the, the Brian Kelly garbage where he, he left the team while they were he had the chance to go to a playoff, that's garbage too. But this whole thing about paying these players and then 
them going to school strictly because of an NIL deal is, is a little bit, um, it sets a bad precedence. And if you continue to go down this road, you will have an unrecognizable sport in a few years. And let's say 10 schools say, screw it, we can't deal with this because we can't compete with this. You lose 10 schools at 750 players. Well, here's what I think will is going to happen. And this is the trajectory they were on. And this is what was happening. Perhaps why NIL became what it did and why it's come to this point. And that is because you're not going to have squat for talent left in college football because these athletes are going to get plucked and in, in right into the pros right out of college. I mean, I don't mean they finished college. They're going to get plucked out of, out of these programs in their sophomore years, their junior mm-hmm. years, yeah. and they're going to come to the same realization that many of, of us have. And that is you've got to get while the getting is good because you could get injured. your senior. Oh, I want to finish my degree. College is always going to be there. There's people who go back to college in their forties, fifties, sixties. These players can't go to co- they can't go to the pros until their junior year of college, until they finish their junior year of college. Well, are they gonna leave school for a year? No, they have to be. A, they, okay, if you're going to an NFL draft and you leave your school for a year, I don't think you're gonna have a great draft grade. But I think that's that's what the the distinction is or whatever the rule. But the thing no, of it rule is, is your junior year that you have to play up until your junior year. And obviously you can opt out because that's a new clause they had since COVID. Right. Derek Stingley opted out, which is. The point is that you're going to lose these college players to the pros anyway, if they're any good. So I have, in, in these, if these exceptional players continue to leave these college programs, that makes the program suffer and that reduces their revenue. That's, that's their whole idea of keeping them and why they're going to allow this NIL to occur no, is because no, they don't no, want to no, lose no. these let's, guys. Let's stop. Let's stop there. Because none of these contracts, these NFL contracts, none of these NIL deals will equate to contracts in the NFL. They just won't. The NFL contracts are, are slotted. They are a lot of money. They yeah, are, well, what are their what 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 is the league minimum in the NFL? Well, they, these these players don't make the league minimum. If you're a first round pick, you get slotted. Uh, you get you can go from I think it's four point nine million a year to down to like at, at the end of the first round. I think it's like two point one. Yeah, but you're not necessarily talking about people that are going to be first round draft okay, picks. But you're we, talking you're, about you're saying the exceptional players. You're saying the exceptional players. The players that are the exceptional players will get picked in the first round. Now these now now the problem with the problem with the NIL is not has nothing to do with this 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 pro game because if you look at the pro game, these players if they go if they go in the NFL and they're not ready for the NFL, they're gonna get their ass kicked. And that's happened before where these players have, you know, they've been freshman phenoms and they coast through their sophomore year. They coast through their junior year. They get to the pros, and it's not like that anymore, rookie. It ain't like that. You ain't gonna you ain't gonna come in this in, in this Humpty Dumpty and, and start throwing your shit around. Well, yeah, because now you, now you're, you've you're, got you're playing real men. Because you got boys in a man's yeah, league so, now. So now, right. so you know this NIL. What this NIL does is it allows players to capitalize on the, the revenue that they make for the school, which I agree with. Like an Aid Hutchinson should make his money. Blake Corm should make his money. Kenneth Walker should make his money. 
But like a guy like Jackson Kohler, right, who just signed with Michigan State for basketball, he signed a six-figure NIL deal. There's a problem with this. Like there, there's a problem that dude. What's he, he supposed not, to do? Go not, work at Burger King? It's not. It's not his. It's, I mean, they are paying no, like eighteen bucks an hour. It's not, but I mean, is that what they're supposed it's to not, do? It's not. It's not the art of the deal. It's the he hasn't played a game yet. So how do you know? I mean, I know you're making a business decision. You make the business decisions all the time, and sometimes they are good and sometimes they are very bad. But that's beside the point. But this thing needs to be regulated because if you get into this notion of we're going to start throwing money around, it's going to be the battle of part of my French, who's got the biggest penis? Because <laughs> the, these guys... Who's got the bigger bank account? No, because right? these guys... The, the people who run these boosters and these, these guys like this, they want to be that guy that gets their team over the hump, okay? Like a Matt Ishbia, okay? who owns United Wholesale Mortgage. And Dan Gilbert. I'm sure they are all in for MSU, all in, because they are billionaires. Go right? green, right? I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Like a guy at USC, like Will Ferrell, or, or 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 any of those actors that went to USC, I'm pretty sure that they are all in because they want to help USC. But if you go outside of the spectrum and you go to like a Wisconsin, right? I mean, they have a good alumni base, but they are also an academic school. You're killing the academic schools because they have no shot because if they could, they can pay for players because they have the alumni, but these players can't get in. See, part of the problem with the NIL, my fear of it is that it's going to take away from the game as, as we know. And it's going to, it, it needs to be regulated because if it's not regulated, you get into situations like Jordan Addison where he is leaving a team without being in the portal, going to USC, and he's not even in the portal, and he's this $3.5 million deal is floating around. I just think this means that some of these teams are just going to have to put together better programs, uh, other reasons that out maybe outweigh the money, or you know, there's sometimes people take a hometown discount, so to speak. I think you some of these teams have to try to retain these guys you can't do, with you other can't, intangibles. You cannot have it be um, where money rules the day in college football. It doesn't have to. That's my point. Okay, some people will want to play at certain schools just to play under a particular that's coach. Not, that's not true. I mean, it is that's true. Not, not true. Okay. You're saying that guys don't go to particular schools to play under specific no, coaches. No, because who goes to Texas A&M over Alabama? Why did they have the number one recruiting class? Because they spent the most money because they got oil money. Of course they got money. Oil money. How big, How much is gas right now? Freaking it costs so much. My, whatever. It, <laughs> I, that pisses me off. That, that, Don't even get on the gas prices because that's a whole nother conversation, right? Um, all the more reason why they need this money. No, I, I, I look I, I, at it this way. Wait, okay. When Texas A&M has no more recruiting class in, in the country because of this, we have a problem. When Alabama, which has won national championship after national championship after national championship, isn't, or Georgia isn't, we got a problem. And it's not saying that they should be number one because of who their coaches are, but you can't, I don't want this money being the, the way that you, first of all, I think that this could, this could end up really bad for the players too. I don't see how it's bad. I could see that they're I, earning, I could, that they are I, earning no, no, you gotta understand. compensation I, no, no, you gotta, for someone you gotta, using you gotta, their you gotta, name. You gotta understand. Let's say that 
a player who got a big deal isn't playing good, and someone axes him an IL deal. Well, he's not gonna he's he's not gonna be in for it, right? Because there's no contract in this. I mean, there's contract, but I'm sure it has litigational cause clause of termination, like. Well, they can make performance it, clauses and or such. no, they could they could say like okay, it doesn't match our criteria or whatever. Right. You have a kid that just transferred to school, that uh, went there based on money, and now with that money he's not there, he wants to go, and then you got him locked in because he already transferred once, and the rule is in and CAA is if you transfer, you get one transfer where you can start immediately. If you got this, if you transfer again, you have to sit out a year. So he, that person can't sit out a year because then they then they lose all of it, and they're stuck at a school that they don't want to be at. This is where this is where it changes into a really really bad dynamic. This is what I'm talking about. The regulation has to happen because if you don't regulate it, it's going to be very very bad, bad for the student athlete, the student, and the program as a whole. This isn't just a nil bs. You know, I don't support nil. You have to have the right way of litigation, negotiation, and you have to have the right uh, parameters so that it's regulated the right way. Because if you don't have it regulated the right way, it's uh, it's going to be there. Might be something that comes out where some some guy some some person spent ten million dollars on a whole recruiting class. That could be that could be very very bad. I mean, it's, the NIL is a good thing. The players should make their money. No doubt about it, but it needs to be regulated. The NCAA has not was wasn't ready for this. The NCAA is the most corrupt organization in pro and in, in, in sports besides FIFA and uh, the federal government. And I was shot at you. And, uh, I, I was ignoring it, but you go ahead. And uh, <laughs> and you know they just they don't think with their head. They knew NIL was coming. They knew NIL was coming. The, the federal government um, made it legal to, you know, main, get, make money on your name, image, and likeness, which they should be allowed to do. The way the NCAA was r- running it was not right because these players were getting um, thrown through a woodshed on, on that fact. But I think it should be regulated because if you don't regulate it, you could be, you could end up to be. There could be unintended consequences to what you think was a good idea could become really, really bad soon. Well, th- there are r- different rules in different states for NIL. But they don't, they, okay, this is, this is what I'm saying though. You, you're, you're right. There is, there is different rules in different states. Okay. But if you make the, okay, let's take our state for example. Shit show. I don't want them making rules for NIL. Okay. College athletes. Cause they can't even get the roads correct and they can't even uh, get shit correct in the own legislator you know what i'm talking about uh mm-hmm. and uh and, and i don't want I don't, like texas you really think texas is going to be like yeah we got to regulate some of this stuff because uh this ain't good no they're all like nope let's win football football okay you know i mean i don't want the states regulating this the states can't even run themselves i mean look look god forbid like look at michigan look at new york look at i mean the Look at all these states that are, are total garbage. The NCAA, need to, what they need to do is they need to get a commissioner who oversees the college football ranks, the college basketball ranks, the college baseball ranks, 
and have them protect that sport for the good of the, the, the group. And my, my, my thing would be, I would unionize, I would unionize the players to where they have to, to meet with the negotiating. Uh, oh my team. gosh. No, that'd be the biggest mistake in the world to go in a further unionized environment. I don't think that's going to be the answer, especially right, because when they okay when these kids go to the pros, they are going to be in a union. Yeah, but the, but it, it, we're not talking about them getting paid per, for their performance. That's the difference. That's where you're getting paid for performance, and you have an employer. This is an entirely different environment. This is they are not in. In fact, the NIL rules restrict any kind of pay for play, so they can't be paid for their play. They're not being um, compensated or given benefits for their ability to perform a task. They are being paid and compensated to use their name, image, and likeness, which are unique to them, which have nothing to do with their performance in the sport, has nothing to do with the sport. It has everything to do with the athlete themselves and that, how you, you they know, choose you know, you know, to market you're, you're, that. You're smarter than that. I'm telling you. You're, you're smarter than that. You know, here's the thing. You know what else I find interesting? They're talking about NIL as if this is going to – um, you know, that, that NIL somehow is a floodgate for more dark money and all this. The reality is, at least it's putting this on the table now, because okay. the fact of the matter is that, it's, that it's, players the money, have been getting the, played. The money has always been in sport. And it's always been that river of dark money, just like in politics, has always been it's in, always been, it's always in been collegiate sports. I agree sports, with, I agree with always. that. I'm saying that this should be regulated at a point to where we know where the money is going, what it's doing. And what difference does it make? It has any. It has nothing to do with the program. It has everything to do with the. That's a total athlete. freaking lie. Because when Memphis recruited the number one recruiting class in basketball, they had their players who were recruits meet with the owners of FedEx. You're telling me that wasn't planned. I don't think that that's these, any. Okay, these. How schools, is that any different no, than any these other schools? These schools are strictly managing it to where they are literally setting up the parameters for a deal. I don't say Just, that. I say they're giving opportunities, no, and that's no, exactly no, that's what they not, should be that's doing. That's not the way it's supposed to be. But so you're saying that a college? How is it any different than um, you know the 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 college the the um, job placement offices at schools and universities. How is it any different when they set up job fairs because for you just, their best you just, and brightest to be just, exposed? You just read it, Cindy. You just read it. The the college is not allowed to set up the uh, the, the the deal. They're not allowed to do that. They can't. They cannot pay them to be part of the program, and they cannot have a pay for okay, play so, system. Okay, so so when they when the when the Memphis players went into freaking the FedEx office, what was that? You think it was? You think it was? Oh, look at this. Because the reality, of the fact of the matter is, you're showing kids that have never seen that money in their life, and you're going to make them sign the dotted line because you, you you do know they're not being made that, to do no, anything. Because, okay, put all your, they're being given is the oh freedom. Put yourself in the mind of a freaking eighteen year old. Okay. You see three hundred thousand dollars to go play basketball. You think you're not going to take it because FedEx is going to give you three hundred grand? Get out of here! Don't bring that garbage to the table. I would think that they would have some sort of responsible adult parents or some other responsible are you, are individual. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Are you, in this are you kidding me? And also, it's not some just of the parents. Some of the it's, some of the parents who are part of these kids' lives. Okay. Are going to benefit from this? No. Is that what you're saying? No, part, a lot of these kids that are, they're they 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 take the advice of their mom and dad. It totally, their mom and dads don't know the hell that they're doing. 
Like, how many times have you seen a kid that has picked a school and her, his mom is like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. I don't you know, see where regulation see, see, is regulation, going to do regu- any good whatsoever. See, this is why, this is why you're a politician. Because <laughs> you you got you to gotta hit this whole notion. You got to regulate it, period. Because And you got to enforce that these schools cannot be involved in setting up these deals. Because if you have schools set up these deals in the background and they're not being seen. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a total pay for play scheme and it's not the way it should be. And it will t- totally turn this, this college football into something that you have never seen that all the people that love college football are going to be turned off because the re- fact of the matter is that it's not, it's not going to be, it's going to become totally something different. It's not going to be the same college football because there's actual stuff that is, that these schools are actually like setting up these these payments, and that that's why that's why I say the NCAA is at fault for this because they had they knew that this was happening and they weren't ready for it because I like I told you there are a bunch of dumbasses in the NCAA, but they weren't ready for it. They weren't ready for the 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 uh, Northwestern players that try to unionize. Now wait a minute. If if the, you just got them saying that the NCAA is in a completely corrupt organization, yeah. why the hell would you want them setting regulations for this? I want no. I'm telling you right now. I want a guy who oversees the football direction. I want the guy who sees oversees the basketball direction. And I want the guy who oversees the baseball, golf, whatever. Because when it's your responsibility, it's less. It, when it, it, so who do you want making decisions? For how someone's name, image, and likeness, and what the terms are for how much they can earn from that. Who do you want setting those rules? It should be the person who who's that who that name, image, and likeness belongs to. It should have nothing okay. to do with anyone you're, else. You're, to- you're totally missing the boat. You're, you're not understanding my point. The point of the matter is that I'm talking about personal freedom here and how it has. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. I know you're a personal freedom person. Absolutely. I know you're a personal freedom person. I am too. Most people own their own name, image, oh and God. likeness. Okay. Period. Okay. Nobody else owns it. Nobody else should have oh control over it. Here's the here's the problem. You open up Pandora's box when you have these issues. That's that's the problem, and that's why there needs to be regulation to find out to make sure it's noted who got NIL deals and who doesn't. And because who cares? No, because it has you have to because you're heading down a dark path. I'm telling you right now, like people don't understand the ramifications of what this can mean. I'm all for NIL. I think players should make the money. Make your damn money. But if we're going to have a, this whole thing where a kid that's not even tr- in the transfer portal is getting courted an offer from USC, that's wrong. That's effing wrong. That's in, in, in if you're if you're a Michigan State fan, if you're a Michigan fan, imagine that player being on your roster. Imagine that being JJ McCarthy. Or Peyton Thorne, or Jaden Reed. Do you think that that doesn't happen right now, even before NIL became an issue? No. Even before NIL. No. no, I know. I know the transfer portal has with the transfer portal that has happened, but money is the dictator of everything. You know how it is. Money dictates the decisions that you make. You go to a job because of the money. You go. To, you go. You go to this certain place because of the money. You do this because of the money. You become an engineer because of the money. I'm not going to argue that money is a motivating factor, but I will say it is not the only factor in any of those choices. See, you're However, not, you're I think not, you're, you're confusing you're, you're, the two issues. You're, you're confusing. You're, you are looking at for you are looking at is in the prism of a politician. I am looking at the prism of a, <laughs> of, of of a total reasonable 
everyday person because you know politicians are crazy we know that i do a podcast with her and they don't understand the reality if someone sees money they are going to dictate that on money if they have never seen that money they're going to make the decision on money there's in your especially if you're 18 year old kid you think you're going to be like oh no i am not going to that school even though they are offering me 2.5 million dollars you are out of your damn mouth I say if their name, image, and likeness is worth $2.5 million in this school, it can be equally uh, worth that at another comparable school. I don't think it, it does what your – I don't think your concerns – I get it, but I don't think that they are realistic. And I think that we cannot let personal freedom and personal choice regarding someone's identity, which is what's being sold here, that cannot be subject to regulation by any large-scale organization uh i just don't i just think that needs to be regulated i think that there needs to be some some uh parameters that are set and i need i think that's why we we need to get that done real quick this is the city and joe show on next segment we will be talking uh i don't know what we'll be talking but we'll see you in the next segment welcome to city and joe show i'm joe i'm cindy we are in a jimmy buffett booth <laughs> because the holiday weekend's coming up and we want to be thinking about and i'm going golfing so i, I golfing. We deci- golfing golfing so i decided that we would have a fun segment that would talk about the etiquette of golfing yes because they're very proper people you know i mean it's ironic because the behavior that will, i've seen on the golf courses is far from pristine <laughs> i have to put this out there I have a video that will be coming out on Sunday. Oh. Of me golfing. Oh boy. And it might be a homage to my favorite golfer of all time. Who is? Happy Gilmore. <laughs> Let's go, baby. <laughs> Let's go. The the hockey stick putter all. Oh, Let's go. Right, right. It's like the the sport of summertime is back. People think it's baseball, but here in Detroit, hell no. Forget about the boys of summer here. We don't have a baseball team. We have none. So let's switch to golf, which is the next favorite summertime summer pastime here in Michigan. Do you know that we have more golf courses than any other state in the country? That makes sense because you know we have a very very. I think Florida might have more than us, but we, yeah, for, Florida, I, Florida probably has a couple more. Events. But I know we're right up there, actually, so, and uh, I couldn't believe that. So our golf, our golf. So uh, we need to know our golf etiquette. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Taking calls on the course. People do it all the time. Well, you know, they say it. If you're gonna, if you're going to do it, ask in advance, pick up your ball, and excuse yourself to a remote location. <laughs> it may sound excessive. But remember, most people play golf to get away from their phone. Be mindful of that. Okay, so no answering the this phone. This is on a the typical snobby, dumb <laughs> golf rule. Uh, screw you, golf network. <laughs> okay, so no answering your phone on the golf course. This, this we don't want to. This, we see you with a cell this, phone in your hand. This, we're coming after you. This second rule, I take personal exception to. Okay. Order rule. order way too many drinks. Now listen here. Now listen. Wait, here. is this saying not to order too many drinks? Yeah, now, I see. Okay. Now, now, now listen. They're saying stay sober now, li- while golfing. Now, now listen. No, screw that. Now listen <laughs> here, golf uh, channel guy. Um, the funnest thing about golfing is to get absolutely slobbered on the course, so that you can like have fun while you're shanking your balls. So you don't care. <laughs> 
so you don't care how bad you suck because you only got to get out on the course twice last okay. year. So therefore, you got to drink a lot. And really, no, I'm serious. Why do they have beer cart girls? Why do they have the the little you know the the, the drink people come on? Listen, it is five o'clock somewhere every time on the golf course. Okay. Uh, like Alan Jackson said, it is five o'clock somewhere. So I don't want to hear about this. Don't overdrink yourself, okay? Yeah, that seems just the su- t- totally the countered everything I've the seen. The sun is hot, and we need to get some cold beer coursing through our veins. Call Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> well, you know what? It was never an issue for me because, as you guys know, those of you who know, I don't drink. So for me, not a big deal. I have a whole heck of a lot of fun though. Here's why I take a You're so to it. boring. That's why you don't I'm that's why you don't boring. drink. I'm see, a- I am more I am more see, <laughs> you got to drink to be alive. And you golfed with me. And you golfed with me. Yeah, and you thought I was hilarious because I was I was funny. Well that's my okay, that's my the, point. That's, I told you because I cause dude. I, this is my point with why I take it. You take exception to that no drinking too much rule because you like to enjoy yourself. Yes. I take exception to that because it's a whole lot of fun for us non-drinkers to watch the people get hammered. Let's That's go. fun for us. It's so hammer I take time. Exception it's to that. hammer time. <laughs> now, What's the next one? This one I think everyone can d- disagree with because uh, you get mad about your game. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there going, you know, you're supposed to have fun. and Don't throw your clubs. Screw you. <laughs> Sincerely, everyone, screw you. I can get mad about my golf game because I'm a competitive person. And if I want to act like MJ in the game six of the NBA Finals, I can. And you have. And I have. I've seen it. You see me snap a club. Yes, yes, yes. Very unhappy with it. No, I, I say, how are you going to possibly regulate the, you know, that up swing of um of anger that you feel when you, you know, woof it, what, four times in a row? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm done. Yeah, yeah just, just screw it. Yeah, no, no. Now, six, the, this rule, I think, is hard for me and you because we like to talk. Obviously, we do a podcast. Number six, talk too much. Now, I take exception to this rule, too, because I like to talk. I like I like the conversation with the peoples. Now, I don't like the conversation with, with assholes that like the snobby, you know, oh, don't come to my golf course and wear jorts. I can wear jorts if I want to. <laughs> my part of the conversation usually involves two words. Play through. Go ahead and play through <laughs> because I take forever. And I try to get better, but honestly, I just – I don't know what it is. I just like to take my time and I would rather, you know, I'm a, I'm a measure twice, cut once kind of person. So I would rather measure the shot. I'd look at the I want to make sure I'm using the right club. I want to take my time. And so for some people that are just whizzing through there, I say play through. So that's my part of conversation. But I understand the talking too much. Sometimes you hear people when they're drinking too much, they talk too much, they're loud, they're obnoxious. Nobody enjoys that. Now, um, this rule... I agree with because I had someone say that something to me about my uh, swing and uh, it's unsolicited swing advice. Now I told that guy, I told, I told that guy to s- take my club and shove it up his ass. That might've been talking too much. <laughs> that violated the talking too much rule. Also. Because, okay. I don't want to hear you give me advice because everyone's different. Okay. Like I, I remember this video. And there was a high school coach that commented on this, and he didn't know who the guy was in the video. 
He was a high school baseball coach. Not a baseball player swinging. Uh-huh. He goes, your arms are a little too low on that swing. Yeah, you know who that was? Mike Trout. <laughs> like he needs your freaking swing advice. Everyone's different. So the, the stereotypical uh, golf swing, I mean, Jesus, Pete, I mean, we, I, I, we've seen Trump have a bad swing, and we've, we've seen, you know, I don't even think Joe Biden golfs, but, I mean, we've seen the presidents, they have bad swings. Why can't we, why can't we? That's the fun ones to, to, to make fun of because they're so obnoxious and like just out of. Now I'm talking. I know I'm talking about your political people, but these guys, <laughs> these guys, these guys are fun to make fun of about their swing. But that's that's beside the point. But I agree with you. Unsolicited. Actually, this applies to almost anything in life. Any unsolicited advice is best kept to yourself. Yep. You know, and if you want to talk about someone after behind their back afterwards, it's another thing. Don't but t- don't give them unsolicited right. advice. Right. Don't give them advice on their swing. Now, if, if it's someone like me you're playing with, feel free to give advice because the very first thing I'm going to do when I hit something badly or I've got a bad swing or I miss it entirely, I'm going to turn around to the person that I'm with in the cart and say, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? Did you see that? And so that's, you know, that's me. So you're cool with me giving, because your advice will never be unsolicited. I'll probably solicit everybody with an earshot to please tell me what I did wrong. Because I want to get better because I'm competitive as well. But uh, unsolicited advice is a bad idea in almost every situation. I'm on board with that one. Way to go, Golf Digest or whoever. Now, the next one is take too many practice swings. Now, listen, I agree with that because some of these people take like 40 practice swings. They act like they're John Day. They're like they're, they're Tiger Woods, and it's like I see you shake the ball. They just hit the action ball. Yeah, come on, you're not competing for you know a PGA Championship or a tour jacket here. So let's let's get on with it. I agree. I think a few two three swings is good. I mean that's why they've got the practice and putting greens right before you even yeah. start, yeah. so you can warm your swing up and all that kind I of gotta, stuff. I gotta, you don't need to take I, forty swings. I got I gotta say there, was, there was a guy that was at behind Fox Hills. No, Fox Hills, yeah, yeah, Fox Hills. And he took like 40 practice swings. And I'm like, God damn, this guy is going to take forever. This guy, he won't swing. Like, it's, it, we're going 10 minutes, and this guy has not It's swung. like 30 swings ago. You had I'm to, like, come. That's should have stopped. Finally, I said, you know what, dude? Like, let's go. And he looked at me in disgust, like, oh, I can't believe he said that. I was like, man, you know what? Swing. Just swing away. So how many – this is this begs the question, and I'm interested to know what our listeners are thinking. How many practice swings is acceptable? Five. I would agree. I didn't even say three, but I could go as many now, as five 11, if you're really that concerned. 11 is uh, – 11 is easy. It's cheating. 11 is too many. That's ridiculous. No, 11 is cheating. Yeah. You can't cheat. Don't yeah, cheat. Yeah, no, not cool. Well, I, you know, there's a lot of people that just. Yeah, no. Easy on the practice swings. Everybody limit yourself to five. And some people cheat, and that's not that's cool. Cheaters never win. Now, number 12 is bring spectators to watch. Now, I will bring spectators to watch if I would damn well please, because guess what? When I'm on the golf course, this is the PGA Tour. Let's go, baby. I have no problem with spectators so long as they're respectful and they're quiet and they drive the cart and go get my balls for me. And, and stuff like that. They go get your balls for you. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, there's no problem finding my balls because I know exactly where they're at. Now, this one I totally uh, disagree with. And this might be the longest part of this segment. But it is playing music on the course. 
personally, I am not a music listener on the courts. But if somebody is, I'm not going to stop. Just remember, it's a bit rude to ask your playing, ask your playing partners first. Now, if I'm going with my playing partners, I'm pretty effing sure they want to hear some music too. We've always had music playing. In fact, you bring like special equipment so that you can put it onto the golf cart so everyone can hear your music if they want to. Because guess what? Alan Jackson needs to play on the golf course. Alan Jackson. Because I need to call it a day and I need to pour me something strong, hit that golf ball, and I don't give a fine hell what you have to say. Because guess what? I'm trying to have fun. Okay? I'm trying to have fun. Right. It's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> we are having fun on the golf course. I don't like these old people who are like trying to have, they say you can't play music on the course. It's fuck you. Wow. Well, is prof- no profanity also the next, is that the next one out there? Because <laughs> you're going to have trouble with the music one and you're going to have trouble with the profanity one. But sometimes there's just no, nothing else to say when, you know, you sliced it to the right, you sliced it to the left, you're playing army golf, and then you go out there and then you miss the next one and you're just disgusted. So there's no really other word to say other than something profane. But uh, the music on the golf course thing, I can actually go either way within it because it really depends on what kind of music you're playing. If you're playing crap music, I don't want to hear it. If it's something I like, then I'm good with it. Now, um... One of them is making excuses. Don't make excuses? Yeah, make excuses. Like, no one cares. It's game. Have fun. I agree with that. But here's the thing. I like making excuses to why I suck. So, leave me be. Okay? <laughs> I do it all the time, so I can't really say anything about it. It's just a natural thing. Like, I have to. It's almost like I'm giving you an excuse in almost in an apologetic fashion to the people that I'm playing with. Because I'm like, yes, I know I'm horrible. I know I suck terribly. I just, I, I just got, I feel I need to explain myself when you have to witness something so, you know, unwatchable. Yeah, I, I just, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't freaking care. Like, it's, <laughs> let's go. Now, I, now there's some golf cart etiquette that we have to, uh, we have to, uh, Okay, now we're talking specifically carts. See, I always assume people are in a cart. I think the people who walk golf courses are insane. I, I, I'm like, there is no way I'm walking this course. It's that's I, I don't half want, to I, the I, null. I, I don't want to. I don't. Want so to I just that. assume everyone's in a cart. So yes, cart etiquette. What is it? Golf cart etiquette. Don't play music while you're going by someone who is trying to hit the ball. I agree with that. Don't play music while someone's trying no, to swing. You know what? Screw you. No, no, that's not even fair. So someone's concentrating. They've taken their 12 million practice swings. And now the people that are there with are just thankful they're actually going to now swing at the ball. They're getting ready to tee off. And they're going to hear some blaring music that they don't care for that distracts them. And now they got to start the practice swings all over again. Eh, no, I agree. Be I considerate. don't care. I don't Turn care. the music off I when you're going by someone's I do not care off. about your golf cart rule about me not playing my music because guess what? If I want to play my music, I will. Because guess what? You're going to be hearing that as I drive through your T-Box. So screw you. Wow, that's very inconsiderate. Okay, so you're violating many, many of the etiquette rules. Is there any other things we need to do on golf carts? Um, Be aware of all the players, which we just hit on. Um, Obviously, I don't give a flying fuck. You know what? Is, is this on the list? You know what drives me crazy? People who double park in the golf cart path. 
So I can't, I have to go around you down the little hill and hope to get just to get around your damn golf carts that See, are in my you way. You hit on a good point. That ticks you me off. You hit on a good point. Most of these people who do that, they can't drive in real life. <laughs> so like you need to learn how to drive. You can't drive a golf cart, you can't drive in real life. So you're just a dumbass. So park your thing like like orderly and neat. Yeah, and so that other people that are trying to get past can get past the path. So, you know, you don't park, try, I know parallel parking is a challenge for some people. I'm actually quite good at it. Cause you know why? Because when I went to Michigan, uh, Wayne State University. You, Cause you have a freaking pulse. If you suck <laughs> at parallel parking, all it takes, all it takes, I'll tell you what parallel parking takes. It takes a brain and awareness. It takes awareness. And I'll tell you, I had to learn to be a good parallel parker when I was going to school at Wayne State down in town Detroit and everything was parallel parking. You had no choice. If you were lucky enough to get a parking spot by nearby your class, you had to be able to learn to parallel park and parallel park there. So there's no reason why those in a golf cart, if you are responsible, if you're the responsible golf cart driver, you will know how to parallel park your damn golf cart in such a way that you are not in the way of other people. That ticks me off. Now, the next rule, I don't agree with because, you know, I personally love it. And that is joy riding. Now, if I joy riding in the if, golf cart, if I get the golf, court, golf cart and I want to drive around and watch <laughs> other people be invalids, I can't. Because guess what? We're about to have fun. Now, if I, <laughs> now, if I take that golf course and try to fling it over the pond, now we have a problem. Yeah, I agree. I think responsible joyriding which, is okay. Which brings me to the question, which brings me to this story. So my buddy I work with, he was telling me that one of his buddies uh, sent a golf cart into a pond. Now, I don't... On that, purpose? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, okay. It was on purpose, yeah. Um, he tried to, uh, uh, well, first of all, he, you know, the, you know, the traps or whatever? Yeah. He hit the trap and then went flying into the thing. And he broke his arm in two places, which I think is funny as shit. Well, yeah, because he's being an idiot. I think I, you know, <laughs> this is going to sound bad. Let's go bahang in a golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> what a maroon. Anyway, go ahead. A moron. You got to say moron. Well, anyway, you know, anybody, you, you, anybody you, my political. age. Now, listen. Wait, anybody my age who's watched Looney Tunes knows when I say what a maroon, what that means. I know oh, you're too young, God. Joe, but for those of us who grew up back in the 70s and 80s, and early 90s, we know what that means. Just saying. Well, well, back, tell you. back in my day. Okay. <laughs> back in your day when I was pregnant the same day, same year you were born. Whoa. But anyway. Whoa. Now, <laughs> we know what you were doing that year before. Yeah, well, you know. Well, you know. Anyways. Moving um, on. So, the golf cart etiquette we obviously talked about. Yeah. Now, what's your favorite thing about doing on the golf course that people don't like? My favorite thing to do on the golf course? Other people. Wow. Well, I know what a lot of other people do that I don't do. Um, but what is my favorite thing to do that other people don't like? I, I am a talker. I'm a talker, and I am the one who gives are. the excuses. And the, uh, the, I, the politician that is the uh, yeah, excuse talk. maker, the talker. And I the, talk too loudly. I talk uh, loudly. I don't mean to. It's just that I spend 20 minutes with Cindy, and you know you're talking to someone that's going to talk your ear off forever. Well, and I <laughs> well, and you have you to give, remember. You give Cindy 10 seconds, and she takes 40 hours. Oh, stop it. So and every and every single word should be relished. Last, last, should be relished, Joe. Last, last time Cindy was talking to me, I grew a beard. Oh. God. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, no, here's the thing. I, okay, so I, so I, I've been professionally tra- trained to speak. Okay, and I, and I've done that for a long time. Yeah, so I learned how to project my voice to carry across a crowded room. Well, I don't recognize it when I'm on the golf course. I'm not in a crowded room, so I just speak at the same volume, and that is uh, something people don't like. like so I said, like, I'm sorry. Like for that. I said before, last time she talked, I grew a beard. So be good. You know what? I've got a question for you. Many, many of our athlete friends, you know, many of us, we've gone golfing with many of our professional mm-hmm. athlete friends and our former pro pro friends. They all, a lot of them are golfers. Who do you think, Joe, of the four major sports, which ones are the best golfers? Um, That you've either observed or you've had personal experience with? Um, Hockey would be up there because it's kind of an easy kind of... Same kind of motion yeah. and things like that. Baseball yeah. players, I think they, they take it to like baseball practice and they try to swing at it like a baseball. But some of them are very, very, very successful. Like um I think um I forget who it was. I think Derek Jeter. I think he I think he I think he was playing at uh, the course in South Carolina and he hit like four under. Which yeah. Is pretty good. But like yeah. I don't know. I think hockey players because it's the same motion that they hit they shoot the puck with. Um Football players actually are pretty good at, at, at golf, too. Yeah, well, and, you know, and I think the advantage that basketball players have, a lot of those guys are on the course. You often see, exactly. They've yeah. got that nice pendulum swing just naturally because of the way they're built. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, but by and large, I'll agree with you. I think probably hockey players are hockey, more naturally I think adept. hockey players are more naturally adept. I yeah. think it's like a – I think that's why you see a lot of hockey players play golf is because uh, – same kind of motion, same kind of way that they do it. Well, and you know, Darren McCarty's a huge yeah, golfer. He's darn near pro level. Darren, Darren's a golfer. Yeah, phenomenal you know, there, golfer. There's, there's a lot of golfers. I mean, yeah. like, I think uh, one of the biggest golfers that I think in the National Hockey League is Ryan Gutsla. I know he played at the, uh, I think it was, I forget what California golf course he played at. Mm-hmm. But he beat a PGA pro in that round, which, I mean, that's pretty sick because, like, the guy's, he's a, all-star NHL yeah and for him to beat a PGA pro is pretty freaking sweet I, I would say of all the sports that I think are the least adept at golf I would actually say it's baseball players um I think because they swing like the baseball players. yeah now yeah. that could be good for some of them I know some some baseball players can uh, definitely swing it but like there was a guy I seen at the their, their short game tends to suffer because they overshoot it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're they're too strong on it. Yeah. Yep, yep. And I think, you know, basketball players, like we said, they've got the natural um pendulum swing, their natural. You know who's a good golfer? Out. Tom Brady. You well, in a, in football players, they've got all that upper body strength. Yeah. You know, and so And you have to be smart too, and I think that, that they they've got a strong long a lot, game. A lot of those quarterbacks are good yeah. at golf because of the, the smartness that comes along with it. It's it's really a great opportunity. If you ever have the opportunity to go to a, a celebrity a golf outing with a lot of these athletes, just to just see to watch, how they play, just to watch them, yeah, yeah, yep. just to watch them. And then, like, I don't know. I think I, I think hockey would be the one. I, I don't really don't. Think here's what here's what I've noticed. I think hockey players they are the ones that like literally. If you were to take any given team right now in each of the four sports and throw them on the course, 
without like it's we're not saying that the ones who have all this off time and all the ones who are retired that have been golfing every day since they retired we're not talking about those guys we're talking about guys that are still in the game that are really focused on their current game but you just throw them out on the course and you were to which that's a great idea for actually a celebrity golf outing to have you know the pistons against the tigers against oh, the know, lions I know, against I know, the I know, red wings. I know we've had uh, Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning in the match. Yeah, know? stuff like that, but I think if you were to do that, you would find that just naturally your your hockey players are going to be the better the better team out I, there I on think, the course. I think, I think you would have that, yeah. that have, have to happen. But yeah. This has done a good segment the golf etiquette. The golf show with Joe and Cindy. Oh god. Listen, Because it is the new Game of summer in Detroit, unless we get rid of Alavila and get a, a real there's baseball team. There's a lot team. of snobs in golf, and like I just can't stand them. So I'm here to, I'm here to f shit up and you know, totally <laughs> be the happy Gilmore on the course. Yeah, that's Joe. Right on. Absolutely. We as as a reminder, we have to um, you gotta you gotta drink your way through the course. I suggest <laughs> talk really loud. I suggest a twelve. Can, ounce can of beer at every hole. 18 cans of beer. Let's go. <laughs> I can't participate because I'd be wiped out Listen, in the middle just, of the second just hole there. Shotgun that beer at the middle. Just stab that hole. In, in that case, it. in that case, I have to ask if there's any etiquette regarding vomiting on the course because that's what I would be doing. Rest assured. Listen, there's nothing wrong with vomit. <laughs> vomit is weakness leaving the body. Remember that. <laughs> And just allows you to reload. Exactly. Let's go. Because <laughs> guess what? See, I don't know this, but I but I have twenty something kids, and they tell me this all the time. Because guess what? My my kids could drink me under the table in a minute. Do you hear this? Because guess what? It's five o'clock somewhere. Yes, I should it make is. It, it's gonna start right here on the golf course. You bet. And if the phone rings, tell them I'm not here to play you. Hey, let us know what your favorite golf courses are. You're going to see Joe. He's going to post a video of him golfing. And if you're lucky, I might have to throw one out there sometime this year. too. You can and, laugh at it. And guess what? I'm going to be drinking on the course. You know it. And I'm going to be wearing a rugby jersey. It's going to be five o'clock summer. Sounds like a great weekend. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend, but do it safely, everybody. Or just break your bones and let's go. Because the world end, world's ending anyways. But if you're going to do it, whatever you're going to do, make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, Facebook, pretty much any other and if you do, platform you can think of. And if you, you do break your arm, go to Wild Bill's Tobacco and get their bongs that they have for the, your weed consumption because you're going to need it for your pain tolerance. And you can get chewing tobacco there and you can get a smoke lit. You can get uh, roll your own cigs if you're that kind of person. Uh, degenerates. Um <laughs> <laughs> and and you can get your Marlboro Reds there, or whatever the hell you smoke. You can get anything you want did at you Wild know, Bills. And, you, and no matter what you course know, you're going to, there's a Wild Bills nearby there. Do you know John Daly's diet? What? Yes. 16 cans of Coke, 8 M&Ms, and 2 Big Macs. Let's go. What a what a boss. Love to know when that John, cardiac arrest John is John Daly for president, guys. <laughs> better than the person that we have in there right now. Probably better than the last six presidents, because guess what? We need a real effing American in there. Real, just slamming Diet Coke, slamming M&M's. What, what is more America than Diet Coke and M&M's? Wow. So, Joe, tell us how you really feel. But tell everybody, enjoy your Memorial Day weekend, my friend. Enjoy, enjoy it on the en- course. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Hit the course if Hit you the can. Course. 
Enjoy you your Memorial Day weekend. Remember why you, we spent Memorial Day. That's right. And, Don't forget the reason for the day. And in, in honor of them, get effing hammered. And enjoy the course. Rock on.